0: Hello and welcome to episode two hundred and eighty-eight of the Creighton Crowbar. It is the twelfth of July, twenty nineteen. My name is Chris Thurston, and this afternoon I am joined by Philippa War.
1: Hello, the blessings of Hish be upon you.
0: <laughs> Thank you for that random Warhammer reference.
1: Well, I can see it on the side. Yeah, you've got a blessing of Hish I printed do. out.
0: I do. I want a speed painting competition. Thanks, Pip. Who is Hish? It's a place.
1: Oh, well then, why I thought it would be a god. It's a, it's both
0: a place and a kind of magic. It's a kind of magic. <laughs> as, uh, that's the song that plays over the credits of Warhammer.
1: I feel like this is a rabbit hole that will start to unravel you as st- we...
0: stuck your head in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, one in, no, one, no one said, hey, let's dive down this particular well. But welcome now,
1: to the games podcast. Welcome
0: to the games podcast. Um, mm. just us two this afternoon, uh, due to the, uh, ongoing, um, scourging of the Toms. One or Tom.
1: Just the two of us. Indeed. To continue
0: with the playlist. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, um, yes, Tom Francis is, uh, at Develop this week. Tom Senior has been moving house for, I think, 400 years at this mm. point. One day he will find a house and when he's in it, then he can leave it again to come here that's how it that works um alex has been rendered into a fine mist by a book writing process as far as i'm aware mm. leaving us with us too but i'm glad we recorded this a bit later in the week because there's some fairly uh robust and interesting and probably easy to make fun of news
1: Yes, we don't usually have that, or at least when I'm here, you don't. No.
0: Or if there is, it's just sort of like, oh, there's a game, isn't there? Or, oh, this, this thing has happened, then it's sad. But or this if...
1: time I deposited a news nugget on your doorstep.
0: Indeed, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a cat dragging a, a lizard a squirrel. or a bird or a squirrel. Yeah, mm-hmm. in this case. Uh, this week's, uh, topical squirrel is, um, the advent of a steam labs, which is sort of, I've taken the lid off a bunch of it's sort of, well, the way I would, I, I would sum it up, is functionally uh robot-derived methods for eliminating the lamentable profession of media <laughs> in the ro- uh, as a as a uh, as a factor in how people discover or, or pass. I thought we didn't uh, call games. it media
1: anymore. I thought we called it content creation.
0: I refuse. <laughs> this is a podcast. It's not content. Content doesn't mean anything. Pip. <laughs> um. But yeah, so encapsulated in this is basically a various... So it's, it's again, one of these sort of like um, sets of initiatives to help people find things on, on the Steam store. Um, and uh, as part of a grand game uh, that um, Valve are playing, where if anyone... It's a bit like, you know, the game where it's like, if you make you think about the game, you lose. Mm. It's a bit like that. But for the words, uh, human curation, mm. anything else, anything else. Anything else? If someone at Valve had, oh, that would be human creation. If they could invent a robot that was like one of those claw machines from from a fun fair, and it could just randomly like grab and deposit games for people to look at, that would be superior. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> to a, a personally curated list of any just kind just
1: imagining like because obviously those things are designed to also then just drop those things on their way to the shoot <laughs> indeed <like. laughs> yeah
0: sorry we failed to grab it this time and
1: cost you a lot of money in mm. doing so mm. we should well
0: so I, i've i've managed to dump a big load of cynicism on this proof and saying what it is um and because they may well work at just sort of enjoying i don't know, even railing at the dying of the light at this point sort of
1: i think the thing is waving at for it for me it's in i so uh it's it has launched like the labs is basically just a kind of uh, opening up of some of the tools that valve are playing with and experimenting with yeah. behind the scenes so it's not an actual laboratory it's you uh... <laughs> <laughs>
0: should stress there is no real laboratory as far as i feel we can like tell. if
1: anyone who was like me who was like oh a lab and then it was like oh no it's a blog entry <laughs> that talks about three things cool yeah right um but they are genuinely interesting and so one is the um the interactive recommender mm. which is uh, a machine learningy um take on finding things that you might be interested in based on criteria that right, is explicitly yeah. not the tag pages and metadata of a store page um and just to sort of, before we go into mm-hmm. any of them in detail, the other two, uh, one was something I've forgotten. So the other two are
0: <laughs> um Trailers in Six Seconds, which yes. was um, a Twitter account by Dejabun. Originally, there's now been bought by Valve. And what this does is, is it used to be a system for basically turning. Uh, so six seconds is important because six seconds is the longest a video can be on Twitter and still loop. Mm. um that uh, which is something that like it's a number that becomes very important when you work in games marketing and uh and so i think the pub
1: was the magic vine number as well Mm,
0: yeah well and that's maybe a good way to think about it it is a the twitter account was a service that basically turned uh game trailers from steam into vines Mm. basically like um uh, which is a great idea um that's been now incorporated or is being incorporated into steam so you can and and also tied to steam's existing metadata so you can click on the roguelike button and see a dozen roguelikes you know all playing their little loops when you mouse over them so you can quickly assess like you know oh that's interesting or whatever uh do you want to discuss them as we go or we'll introduce what all three of them are and then um, go deep
1: well i think if we uh just add in the last one so okay. people have like a um sense of- the
0: last one and this is the one <laughs> i love that this is a thing Because it's probably going to work. It's called The (laughs) Automatic Show. And every week, Steam is going to generate a half-hour video program about games with no human input whatsoever. So it's essentially a video listicle where it talks about games that are hot. Well, it doesn't talk about... It shows you games that are hot right now, showing again, using bits of their trailers. It'll then say, like, roguelikes that are trending right now or or whatever. Like, it's a little digest show. Mm. And... um. This is an amazing thing to have happened because, well, because I mean, I've got some questions about it because like, you know, people don't tend to sit down to watch long videos really, but maybe they will. But also one of the reasons-
1: Maybe it'll break it out into different segments.
0: Right. But also one of the reasons that like my kind of, you know, media- uh sort of like hmm uh you know eyebrows are raised about a half hour show it's like well that's usually traditionally kind of difficult to produce in a bit longer than a lot of people want to watch doesn't matter if robot do it (laughs) there's a lot of people in games media imagine
1: the poor robot sitting there refreshing youtube comments like oh no yeah
0: well (laughs) here you go you can't uh, people will probably not be able to abuse the decisions of the robot in a way that they would. There's a lot of people in games media employed specifically to generate lists of things people might like mm. and then put them out in front of the world uh, in order to try and get Google to notice and therefore garner clicks. And uh, this is, yeah, apparently. And also
1: to help people find things they might genuinely like. Right. Yeah, Exactly.
0: <laughs> But uh when you introduce the thing you this is sensibly desirable to that, which is personal curation, you know, a sense of that what you do also attract is a tidal wave of, of bastards. Uh, whereas if the robot does it simply based on the pure unfettered market data of Steam, uh it it cannot objectively uh be incorrect, or at least it doesn't care because it's from the future and it has no feelings.
1: I wonder, or I wonder whether uh, it, you know people will then go, ah, well, I shall rail against the capitalist system. <laughs> you know that that if that's what it's generating, then something must have gone wrong.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it's maybe it's,
1: there will be an interesting, you know, overthrow of uh, <laughs> maybe. Well,
0: like I don't know because I mean I think what's more likely to happen is something oh. weird is going to so there will have to be a curation element to what the automatic show does because
1: i don't know they'll try and automate that you know they will try to <laughs>
0: but like so i'll put it this way it's like chasing the tag system right like um you know uh adult games are getting bigger and bigger and more prominent on steam right unless you explicitly opt out of seeing those those tags they creep into you you know uh they creep into your best top selling lists or currently trending lists do
1: you mean like the match three boob thing
0: yeah like there's lots there's you know there's a lot of dodgy stuff on steam now and like and that's because they they don't have you know they 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 plan on using processes like this mm. to push things to the top if you know, if quote-unquote the wrong thing becomes popular and shows up in automatic show, what does that Or do?
1: something hateful or something illegal.
0: Right. Like- <laughs> and you can trust, you can, they can maybe try and trust the tag system to protect against this to some extent, but humanity will re- invent new tags to mm. describe things.
1: Oh, it's always an arms race. Yeah, right. And that's, that's partly why I'm interested slash kind of uh reluctant to be too excited about the interactive recommender because it, it says one of the things that it will look at is you know the reviews and things. And review bombing is a genuine problem. No, it said it wouldn't Steam. look at reviews. No, I thought that it it said that play, like people reviews, like people responses, like positive. I think
0: um, it might do, but I think, but I think it also factors in. So it said if- it
1: was going to avoid tags and external reviews.
0: So, I think there's a really important caveat. That it, okay. So actually, if we want to move on to the interactive recommender, then sure. yeah, so the, I do, like, so the interactive recommender is interesting because, um, it is a system you can tweak. The interactive element is I've got mine open here and I can, I can uh, change the weighting from popular to niche. I can change, uh, release dates from older games to only newer games, et cetera. Uh, but, um, what they say is that the only, the only bit of actual data that it is given about a game is its release date, and that's to let it know how old it is. Otherwise, everything it knows about the game is aggregate data from Steam user sessions and so on. And that I think you're right, and that that doesn't fix the 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 um the fact that review bombs will happen. But relative to the existing system of tags and and user reviews for visibility, it does massively diminish how much they can achieve. Because it's also weighted against actual user sessions, so review bombing is tends to be accompanied by not a lot of people actually playing the game, mm. right? So, like, it'll be a lot of people who have minimum playtime mm. trashing something, or who have, haven't played it in yeah, some cases. That's true. And so, if this is massively, if someone, you know, if or this people
1: is people trashing something, saying I've played ten thousand hours of this, and they they've stopped right. updating it, like maybe the ten thousand hours could counteract yeah like if it's
0: actively using that that time data then um i think it can make more intelligent judgments about what a review is worth okay necessarily so that's positive i think
1: i think yeah it'll be interesting seeing how people figure out how to game it. Like, I'm, I'm under no illusions as to these ideas being perfect. I mm. think, but I think that it's going to be interesting watching how people do try and game them or change them. Because yeah. if, if tags and things are less important, like, does that mean that game developers will then need to? Cause I think one of the things that it said, Uh, the blog entry said was about um you know making things so that game developers aren't trying to game the current system Mm. but to me that's a bit like okay but are they going to you know like that that implies to me they they haven't solved the problem they've just disincentivized the things that are currently happening yeah and so you know, there's, there's the risk of, or not the risk of necessarily, but I wonder if it will skew particular types of game design to being more popular or being more, you know, um, because I, if, if something is based on playtime, if there's a small indie project with a one playthrough, you Mm. know, common factor, like if you're spending an hour on it at most and then, you know, thinking about it a lot or really valuing it, but is that going to then how, how are they going to balance that against things like Subnautica, where you can rack up thousands of hours or killing floor or Dota, you know?
0: Like, and that's the thing. So I'm like, it's hard to gauge. Like my, my concern about this system would be that it, it naturally King makes because anything that, you know, it'll reward it. Like if it directs lots of people to a game, that because it is popular yeah, and it's more popular loop, right? because it's a feedback loop where it just is it's going to entrench that thing at the top so actually the issue is maybe that it's hard to game like you need not to game the system but you need ways for people to break well, into the system to, to, break to break skill
1: of and, and also as a as a consumer to break out of the those loops once you've yeah once
0: they've been
1: set and up. it's sort of
0: interesting because obviously like i've got it logged in here with my my recommendations. So.
1: Have you got your your actual store page as well? Like it would be interesting. Um, to see I can
0: do quickly, uh, but I need to lean away from my microphone order to get it.
1: <laughs> of course, but yeah. So I'm because I'm interested in how your current Steam page matches up against what it automatically shows you, and then also if you adjust the sliders because there are sliders, and that is obviously very attractive to me uh
0: <laughs> so uh actually my, um without i don't think i've time to really dig into my recommendation queue but so this is the thing i find interesting about it at the top of like so obviously my my profile is heavily weighted by dota and the fact that i've spent thousands and thousands of hours in it but i also wouldn't be surprised. imagine
1: if it was just like would you like to go outside <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah nerd um <laughs> but also you know uh i i don't know if it's taking that that i like sort of big investment games or if big investment sort of service games are going to be necessarily liked by this system because of what they get. So the top of my, the, the default weighting is any games released in the last 10 years, uh, mostly turning towards popular, but not 100% always towards popular. So the top of my list is Rainbow Six Siege, which I actually own on Uplay. So that's why, you know, fair enough. It's got a game I actually already own. Then it's Elite Dangerous, which I do already own on its own launcher. So and again.
1: Enjoy. They're both things yep, that you enjoy. They as are well. both things
0: I like. So that's fair. Then, uh, Dirty Bomb, which I haven't actually played for years. Is that uh, that
1: splash damage? It's a splash
0: damage service shooter. But again, it's sort of, again, located a service game. Then The Witcher 3, which people have been t- telling me to play forever. Um,
1: I think that could also just be, it's a very popular game. It's an extremely game.
0: popular game. And then War Thunder, Robocraft, et cetera. What I find interesting about this list is, um, this is all stuff that either I know what I like cause I own it or it's like, yeah, that's probably a, f- like a fair average recommendation, but I'm not getting like, Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. So like, as in, Oh, I wouldn't have thought to play that. And then if I, if I, um, let's just see what happens. If I move the slider all the way over to popular, uh, it basically doesn't change at all. It rearranges it slightly.
1: Yeah. I think Brawlhalla is the only one that, that wasn't in that top six and then, um,
0: and then if I move, but if I, interestingly, if I, if I move it all the way over to niche, um, it suddenly wants me to play Furious Angels, Last Encounter, Quarantine Circular, Lovely Planet Arcade, Rifter, ooh. and Immortal Planet, which I don't, I know what Quarantine Circular is, I just haven't played it. Like, um, I actually don't know much about any of them. So I can't I really can
1: tell you about Lonely Planet Arcade after the, oh, Lovely Planet Arcade after the, yeah. uh, after the podcast.
0: <laughs> right. But like, that's kind of interesting. Cause like, I can't really do this now. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I um, I would be interested in seeing, like, if I grabbed one of those games, like, has this worked? You know what I mean?
1: I wonder if it'll integrate that with the six-second trailer thing as well, because this would obviously be a good moment for you to then mouse over them and think, oh, do these float my boat?
0: Yeah, like, and then and if I if I keep the, the the popular niche slider roughly where it was, but move it all the way over to new games like last six months, it's Risk of Rain 2, Void Bursters, Rage 2, uh, Islanders, The City Builder, Quake 2 for some reason. Um, which are all like fairly safe picks for me. I think what I find interesting about this is like um you know yeah I kind of like I don't I don't object to this necessarily. It's just kind of interesting um um like that you know it it's sort of it feels like it's generated pretty much the the right sorts of answers straight away, but yeah.
1: Do you know what I, uh so maybe I'm I'm wondering whether you'd like to pause for a sec just so that I can log in because my stuff will probably be very different to what they would just recommend by default to a to a player if you see what I mean like cuz right. I'm not interested in a lot of uh, yeah core games by
0: yeah absolutely the one thing i wanted to say just before we do that is um if i switch it to niche games and newer games which is this is exactly what i would want it for Mm. it's like what has come out that i don't know about then it has thrown up um beacon revulsion conglomerate 451 future grind and planetary dust off five games i have literally never heard of so that's interesting because if they, and they're all apparently with a sort of same sort of retro sci-fi visual style. <laughs> so, um, I'd be really fascinated to see if maybe next week on the pod, if I end up talking about one of these games, then this system might actually work because all I wanted to say on this before mm. we pause was that, um, all I want this to do is basically what Spotify's album algorithm does, which is introduce, not find things I want to play now, but find things I didn't know existed.
1: I, what i want from spotify is for them to have a podcast recommendation system and they do not they just have the browse and it is annoying to me mm. but anyway that's a completely different problem for a very different podcast yeah so. <laughs> right
0: yeah i have no idea how they would do that i can understand how they can do music but not park po- not podcasts. Mm. like you need like a nonsense slider
1: <laughs> for example
0: <laughs> like <laughs>
1: well yes
0: right um should we log you in
1: okay and we're back.
0: We've done it. We've logged Pip in. So um, can you see your recommendations from there?
1: Uh Yes.
0: So with your default setting, uh, and also, interestingly, because you've also played thousands of hours of Dota, our top <laughs> game is actually the same, which will be interesting to see if that affects things. You've got Rhyme, uh, Air, Memories of Old, Yonder, The Cloud Catcher Chronicles, Submerged, and Valley. Um, right. All are games where uh, a sort of whimsical looking figure looks out over a nice landscape, It really
1: does make me think that it's taking into account the thumbnail. Yeah, right. (laughs) Because they are of a kind.
0: Let's find out what what popular game you're not playing.
1: Oh, God. All of them, probably. Uh,
0: It wants you to play Human Fall Flat Limbo and Skyrim Uh, and Tomb Raider.
1: In your face, because I have played Limbo and Skyrim, and I don't want to play Tomb Raider and Human Fall Flat, so or do i not like is that a bad thing the to-
0: the new popular games that you should play right are islanders okay. uh glass masquerade 2 illusions
1: Ooh, i do want to play that <laughs> <laughs> um
0: because is, is it is it a hidden object game where you're in a haunted doll shop again because that uh, seems glass to be
1: masquerade, it, it yeah
0: <laughs> uh what never was which i haven't heard of
1: what are the uh, tags? Uh,
0: adventure, free-to-play, indie, casual, relaxing. Huh.
1: I think I have heard of it. I just don't know. Uh, yeah.
0: Forager yeah. and Enderall forgotten, forgotten Stories. That'll be another mm. uh,
1: hidden object thing, right? Yeah, maybe. Um Okay, and then if we go to Niche. For, is it new? This is new and niche. Okay. It
0: wants you to play... Uh, Epitasis.
1: I've played that while it was very early in development.
0: Right. Cause this is the other thing is, uh, you are an enormous indie discovery hipster and very good at finding things. Yes, yes. So let's see if it's, if it, if it can track you down. Uh, Epitasis vignettes.
1: I know about vignettes, yes.
0: Astrologaster.
1: I have played Astrologaster. <laughs>
0: Uh, photographs
1: i know of photographs sinker two <laughs> i don't know that one.
0: Ooh, i think it might be uh, japanese okay. so there you go so interesting that is an interesting result actually it's managed to locate things that you are in your wheelhouse but it doesn't think you've played because you haven't played them on steam
1: yeah like i've played like um a preview builds and things so what uh if you what what's the other extreme is it old
0: old and popular.
1: Old and niche, is it? Or old and... What was the...
0: Old and niche reveals future unfolding, flipping death, time frame, Elia episode one and drizzle path genie. That's a (laughs) hell of a name.
1: (laughs) I think, yeah, like I kind of know. Yeah. And...
0: And then popular and old goes back to basically where we were. So, yeah. That is interesting that it kind of found your... Good job, robot.
1: Yeah. What's my What's the game with the second
0: most? Uh, Adventure Capitalist.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that explains it. I was like, why is is Subnautica third?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think there should be a button on this where it's like your your three sliders, your your two sliders and then a button that says I'm angry at algorithms as a concept. And (laughs) when you press that, it just recommends Hackmud. (laughs) I'd appreciate that.
1: On on a different thing, I think maybe if I wonder if there's a way that it select it it can tell out uh, outliers. For example, if if you have just played an absolute ton of Dota or whatever, like whether there was there would be a way and and it's not your usual game, whether there would be a way to. Yeah, remove that from distorting the thing. It'd be inter- it's interesting because
0: like it seems to do that because you're you and yeah. I have such different recommendations. Like for me, it seems to have really focus on like this guy, like spaceships and sci-fi shooters. And it's like, yeah, well, yeah I do actually.
1: It f- it does feel like it knows that I like the sea, and it knows yeah. that I like the slime rancher, basically. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's uh, genuinely yeah. I'm kind of like one thing that would be interesting is if they give you any more granular control over like what not to factor into your recommendations mm. like that speaking of Spotify that is something I have been desperate for them to do and it is nuts to me that they haven't done mm. that you can't exclude certain like artists or playlists or things I think
1: they were rolling that out slowly at some point because I would yeah. I Google it every now and again because there are certain artists that I would very much not like to have thrust into my ears uh, via the their stupid playlists.
0: well like it's, it's broken it for me because I actually love the recommendation engine but I also use Spotify really extensively for soundtracking pen and paper role playing so half of the things I listen to are like cinematic scores and soundtracks and things and so yeah it's completely broken that recommendation system because it doesn't know what I want to listen to you know it starts throwing like Jeremy soul like Skyrim stuff into the middle of like other playlists um, I've heard, you know, from people who maybe have used Spotify playlists to help their kids sleep or something. And so they have a lot of like, you know, <laughs> or like, lullabies yeah, lullabies cool. and things or to help themselves sleep with like, you know, white noise or, or something yeah. like that. And, and then
1: it's and- like, oh, if you like white noise, you'll love pink noise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so that's, yeah, that, that would be something I'm really interested to see them do because. Yeah, because it allows people to say like, "I want something that's like these things," not "I want something that is like everything I like." Because I think maybe that's the weakness. Yeah. Maybe the weakness here is it's identified stuff. And there's, there's like a real theme to both our recommendations. Mm. So you've got stuff in that sort of indie, slightly exploratory, mm. landscapey sort of vibe, yeah. and I've got like spaceships all day. Yeah, and I don't uh, not wholly against that. I but it is not the sum of me as a person, I think.
1: I think there's a very real danger with these systems that you get stuck in a different bubble. Like, it, But it's still a bubble. Mm. And so if you're playing or you're looking for something to play rather and you are not in the mood for any of the things that you currently own, I sometimes feel like I just want something completely different, a palette yeah. cleanser or something. I don't want to keep plowing that same furrow or being in that right headspace
0: right i think that's one of the things that is potentially interesting about the six second trailer like i can see both sides of this i think it's kind of brutal in some ways Mm -hmm. um because it um it is okay making get an impression of this game just from like a gif of how it moves Mm -hmm. but we found it those could be as gifs are an incredible way of immediately communicating what is interesting about a game and if you can make a game look good in a gif it's probably good like that's Mm -hmm. you know rather than a trailer and things like um I'm sort of fascinated by that because obviously one thing about this is, you know, one thing they say in the blog about the recommender is the onus on game developers with this, the way you game this system is by making a game lots of people want to play. And I don't think that's as simple as that. And I think that is not also a, a wholly neutral kind of position. However, you know, I certainly, I think the, the gaming, the system aspect of marketing is is something to be discouraged. I suspect the, the flip of that is that I think the six second, I find the Successing Trailer thing particularly interesting, particularly the fact that Valve have adopted it, because in its initial sense, what it does is it's, it is, a, it is a response to the fact that the vast majority of video game trailers are terrible. And not terrible in terms of the games are bad, but like, you know, I've I got really strong feelings about this and I know Thomas' has strong feelings about this as well, that like, you shouldn't have to skip the first 30 seconds of a trailer to get past the story bit, because no one gives a shit. Like, you know what I mean? You should be showing people, making people excited about, it the actions they'll be able to do the world. They'll be entering straight away. Obviously there are, you know, different, every game is different, but nonetheless, mm. like, and that's, you know, um, being able t- uh, you know, I think it wouldn't be necessary to skip things down to six seconds if there wasn't so much fat in well- game trailers.
1: I mean, I'm wondering now whether you'd actually even find six six seconds of actual play footage from a lot of E3 this year. Right. Because that was such a big you know, kerfuffle that it penetrated even my, you know, (laughs) anti-E3 paying attention bubble. Yeah.
0: And I I think there's something a bit too punitive about this idea that we're just going to take, you know, because there is an art to trailer creation and and the idea that you're just going to take something someone else has made and cut a six second.
1: Well, there will now be an art to six second trailer making, I suppose.
0: Right. There will be. There will also be an art to making sure, this will be interesting. There'll be an art to making sure that, any random six seconds of your game shows it, of your trailer shows it in a favorable light. What that will push towards is avoid lingering text, you know, avoid Uh, slow pans over a piece of art or a cinematic, right? Like you want, Mm. like the kind of trailer that will do well in this system is the sort of smash cut gameplay, gameplay, (laughs) gameplay, gameplay, gameplay gameplay thing. Yeah.
1: Bullet hells will do well.
0: Bullet hells will do well. I think most things can survive it as long as the predominant thing in, in the trailer is interesting looking gameplay. And that is a really interesting, um, scenario because what this does is it rips narrative Mm. out of the equation completely. So the trailer cannot be simply the story either of how the game came to be from a developer's point of view or the story of the world or something like that. It has to be, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Here's what you do.
1: As a narrative designer, how do you feel about this? Great. Because,
0: (laughs) because like it is, you know, um, like it is not, trailers can be a mechanism by which you get people ready for the story. But like, it's not like, I don't think that obviously there's a difference. If you're making a, a purely narrative game, um, like I, I think something that would really suffer with this is something like her story or telling lies like Sambala's new game, mm. because, um, they almost want like movie trailers and you can't do this with a movie trailer.
1: Um, Oh, you can definitely do it with some.
0: You probably could do it with some. <laughs> yeah. Like with some, but you, but you know what I mean? Like,
1: imagine you- if they just started applying it to Quentin Tarantino films, they'd be of a watchable length. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you it to the whole film. Yeah. It's six seconds long now.
1: It's great. Yeah. It won't make less sense. It won't be, you know, yeah. less enjoyable. Cool man, <laughs> talk man, violent enjoy- man, over. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say something and I now can't remember. Oh yeah. I'm hoping that, um, oh, some things I really don't get on with and i'll make exceptions if the game is strong enough or interesting enough as a premise but i don't like pixel art i don't get on with it and i don't want to spend time in <laughs> that. i think
0: somewhere john roberts just, just <laughs> his heart broke
1: but i don't in, you know yeah
0: yeah that's, no, no, i'm just saying
1: <laughs> it's a type of artwork that just doesn't
0: right yeah that's fair
1: resonate with me mm-hmm. and Thus, I, it's, I find it very frustrating when I look at a game page and I see the, the thumbnail or, you know, the, the main image and it's this beautiful vista. And then I, you know, the next one cycles through on the carousel and it's like, Oh, it's a pixel art platformer. Okay. Well, what a waste of 30 seconds of my life.
0: Yeah, right. Now you can waste six.
1: Well, but what I'm thinking is the interactive recommender doesn't do that. And um, mm. I think that they should combine the two. Yeah. Because I'm looking at, you know, the uh, as you've left that page and I, you know, there's I don't have a sense of how those games look to play just from looking at it. It's from knowing and having played some of them that I can Yeah. divine that stuff. So and obviously it's, you know, it's for exploring and it's for figuring that stuff out and its early, you know, prototypey kind of stage, I guess, or, you know, just beyond prototype but mm. not implemented fully. But um yeah, I, I I I look at that list and go, okay, and I would probably open each of them in a tab. You know, I'd click down the list for, you know, new tab, new tab, new tab, and then look through them and just, you know, do a scan for, oh I don't like that art style. Oh, I don't like that and, but I'm still missing the game experience because I'm still, yeah. I, I'm still trying to work out how to make it take as little time as possible because it's still too much like work.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing is like the, the, I think the real use of these six second clips should be as like context things. So if you mouse over mm. any games, you know, name or, or thumbnail, you just get that clip yeah. and you go, oh, it's that, you know, which can help with recognition. It can, oh, it's that one. I've seen that on Twitch or whatever.
1: I wonder if they'll implement it so that once those six seconds are generated, the developers themselves can use it in their marketing. Yeah. You know, sort of save it to to their stuff or use it to tweet from that account or...
0: It'd be interesting which way around they chose to work that. Mm. So it's like that you can provide a six second cut if you like. But the problem is that could result in all sorts of different uses of that six seconds. Mm. They'd probably be fairer, probably be fairer to more developers. I think that's the, the thing that I find about this is it is, um, and maybe this is laudable, but it, it, it takes all of this stuff takes a lot of control out of developers hands. You know, the, mm. like when you say the only data we take, um, is the, the release date, for example, we take the trailer and we use that to create the six second clip that's more useful to people. Um, you know, it, it it sort of uh brutally reduces the amount of finesse that can be applied to any individual thing. And obviously it still remains important that when people get to that store page they are interested by the copy, that they become, you know, interested in buying the game okay. and so on.
1: I wonder what it does when there isn't a release date. I wonder if it actually pulls the thing in or There'll
0: be the date it was put on Steam. Like there'll be it'd be impossible mm. for there not to be, so
1: but I'm just thinking in terms of wishlisting, you know, those those kinds of things.
0: Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, um, kind of fascinating set of systems. Like they seem like, I also wonder to what extent it will be buffeted by outside marketing. Hmm. You know, big things will remain big regardless of this, Hmm. um, process. And I don't know if it, yeah, I, I guess it's just one of those wait and see things. So I was thinking about it in Hackman's case. Like, will this help us at all? Because I, I think I think there are going to be aspects of its discoverability that that do help us because we sort of fit into certain tags that will show up in people's lists. Like, I think we will show up in some people's, you know, sort of MMO text game cyberpunk kind of crossover space. But similarly, like ours isn't a game that particularly benefits from a six-second trailer cut because it's a text game. So. You know, and actually our, our trailer on, on Steam is designed to give you a sense of, you know, the mood, the soundtrack is important to it, right? So sort of the cuts and things, it's a pretty breezy trailer as it is. So, you know, cutting it to six seconds is just going to be six staccato seconds of various kind of 90s-y text, mm. right? Um, so we're not going to benefit tremendously from that side of it. And I think that's going to be, that's the sort of the effect. It's like, it's, it's this, uh, you know, you sort of surrendered your material to steam and it's going to output it through what they now believe is the right set of like Play-Doh shapes. And, you know, it's going to be sort of extruded in some new form and you've got to hope you like it because you have no power over that. And I think I can imagine that making, being an uncomfortable experience for people because it's games, how people present games is precious to them. And I can be dismissive of certain kinds of trailers, but I understand also know very viscerally how, um how important those particular presentations are to people and how, I don't think it's precious to be like, I want my thing I've been laboring over to be presented like this to people. And so systems like this that sort of, you know, co-opt it into a a bigger algorithm that is solely interested in providing um, uh, customers with as much useful information as possible, as fast as possible, is kind of interesting. Because that's probably a worthy goal, but it's almost like a hard pill to swallow in a way that you shouldn't have control over it.
1: So something I'm going to unless you've got anything else that no. you wanted to say wrap this segment up with is i will probably try the niche new game that one on the list that i hadn't played of of my five mm. top recommendations and so i would be interested if if listeners if you play with this system and you have anything from your new niche thing that you genuinely liked and hadn't heard of before i'd be i'd just be really interested to hear whether it works yeah or what you get out of it yeah so totally us, like yeah drop us an email it's um questions at dot com.
0: yeah yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I just, you know, I think it could well work. It'd be really interesting to find out if it does. Mm. I just also slightly welcome the future where, um, video game marketing people and I partly include myself in this are just replaced with the claw arm from a cuddly toy machine. Mm. Replace me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I see.
0: Um, speaking of, uh, snatching cuddly toys from a, Whirling random selection system. Should we talk about team fight tactics and other assorted? Well, I was
1: going to go with things that uh, are hugely popular, but won't show up on Dota- on Steam's recommendation engine, right? Because one's a mod, one's uh, in a completely different client, and the other one is, you know, in early access, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, so if it's <laughs> not clear, we've we've, um, and I appreciate we've we've had a couple of weeks of of um, Underlord specifically. But we've both been playing quite a lot of various kinds of auto battlers, mm-hmm. the hot new thing. And, um, and I think you, Pip, specifically are in great, in great danger of becoming a, uh, an auto battler writer. Oh, I can no. just feel, I can feel it's coming for you.
1: No. The, no. Ten- the,
0: the surviving tendrils of media, oh, uh, they will find you it. in this place.
1: Well, I'm hoping to purge myself of that by actually participating in this discussion and then mm. I can waltz off and just play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. So actually, well, it'd be interesting to get your take on it because you've actually, you've really taken to this new genre because you already liked auto chess, right? So.
1: Yeah, I've played that before and I wrote about that for that PC Gamer website slash magazine property. Um And I, yeah, I, I kind of, there's a joyful, stupid complexity to auto chess specifically right down from the fact that it's not actually chess, it's just on a chess board and the fact that the auto part is a total lie and you have to – or not a total lie, Some but of it, it only kicks in very, you know, short bursts and the rest you have to be highly vigilant and micromanagy. Yeah. And so – Burst
0: fire checkers would have been and just And it's as not accurate. even
1: Dota, <laughs> <laughs> so all parts of that name are broadly lying <laughs> um but yeah so i think the reason that i like it in a way that i don't play dota and things anymore um is that it is uh, there's a set collection element to it that i really like mm. in uh, in board games particularly and an engine building element in terms of each of the uh heroes champions whichever flavor you're playing have (laughs) have these abilities or qualities rather and you can combine them and if you have enough of them on the board then they trigger other buffs and effects and debuffs on enemies and things and so there's something about it that tickles the same part of my brain that is active when i'm playing something like splendor you know trying to get gems mm. or trying to
0: that is the board game splendor for yes people not the home. sweetener no
1: um and that's just there's something i find very soothing about that and then there's the the random element of the i like figuring out what to do with what the game is presenting me in mm. the draft phase so you know you've got the five options in front of you and figuring out what you're going to take and how much you're willing to spend and all of those things i find take place in a time scale that i like Mm. whereas in dota proper or league proper it's I have to make those decisions without having a chance to sit back and stroke my chin and yeah. think, hmm, okay, or factor in what other people are doing and, and not have to also be last hitting creeps or, you know, attacking something or scouting for something in, in yeah, the right. back of my. Lizard brain as well. So, or
0: trying to be responsible for four other people's or, is or managing action.
1: their moods as yeah. well. And so I think, and, and I haven't encountered any hostility in any of the.
0: I've seen some people oh, in okay. team fight tactics being like, I lucker, you know, that kind of stuff. Okay. Like, but not a lot. I not in nowhere near. I haven't
1: even experienced that actually. Um, and so, and I think that that is partly to do with you're only responsible for yourself. So you're not feeling that social pressure. Like I find it very difficult if Mm. I feel like other people on the team are mad at me or if I am frustrated because I'm trying to play and other people are sacking off or, you know, those, those kinds of things. So I think there's that. And also at least in auto chess, you're not actually directly playing the other people it's you know you're playing their army
0: yeah right that's true in auto chess and underlords but not in yeah teamfight tactics yeah
1: tactics so i think those maybe that's that also is linked to the fact that you've seen that toxicity in teamfight yeah possibly yeah um because it is a an actual clash against you yeah moment maybe
0: yeah that's a good point like i find that interesting because i I think it's interesting particularly so when we talked about this in previous episodes we talked about it mostly in terms of the emergence of a new competitive form
1: Mm, via modern right
0: whereas i think but i think you are right to say that this new type of game auto battlers whatever you want to call them they really do feel very board gamey like there are aspects of their complexity the complexity of the simulation that would be very time consuming to manage on a tabletop right like I'm going to resolve my hand if you if you're if it was a set action game or something it was like my hand of I'm going to resolve my hand of cards in combat against your hand of cards at the same time, Alex, to your left, is going to also resolve against mine the other way. Yeah. But rolling dice, or whatever it is we do, then yeah. that's going to take forever.
1: And factoring in adjacency bonuses or factoring in different yeah. kinds of like critical strike chance and then um remembering to do the money phase, which then needs you to keep an eye on the interest rate or whether in team yeah. Tactics someone's got three pirates on the board or right. those kinds of things. It's... It's a board game that has gone via the, uh, the technical ability to crunch a lot of numbers at the same time in right. a way humans can't, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think, you know, but nonetheless the, the connection is strong enough that I can, I can imagine the board game version of this. I mm. can also imagine it being a pain in the ass to play. Like I can really <laughs> viscerally imagine the feeling of like, Oh no, we have skipped the shop phase. Yeah. Do you want to? Oh, we've sorted out. We're trying to reverse the game state to figure it out. All that stuff. Yeah, but Where just,
1: were you? What was? Yeah. Okay, if we just move this back and yeah.
0: Right. And like, but I mean, a lot of great designs come from that kind of mm-hmm. environment. Like that's where we get Civ from to some extent, right? Like, how complicated can you make risk? <laughs> how much? How much extra stuff can you add to risk once mm. the computer takes care of the great details? And I think that's the right way of thinking about it. Like these are. You know, I think also we've talked about them as dice games, as random games. Like they are, they are, they can be random. They can be, um, I think the way I would describe it is um, there's a huge luck element that can take you up to a certain point and then, um, and then there's a massive skill ceiling in terms of being able to control that possibility space Mm. and the vast majority of players will exist somewhere in the middle with a handful of people able to win consistently due to their ability to download and process a lot of information. Yeah. Like poker, basically. It, well,
1: I was going to say there's a card counting, if you are yeah. good at. Because I I try. Uh, I definitely... When I first encountered auto chess, it was just so overwhelming. And I quite enjoyed that, in a way, because it's mm. been a while since something has just so utterly stumped me, especially in the guise of characters and items that I thought I knew. Yeah. Um, and I found myself having fun. But this time around when I picked it back up and picked the other two up as well, I found that I was very much more, um, able to enjoy them and start to take that tactical side into consideration. Like I'll, I'll look at other people's boards and armies and think, okay, I was thinking about specializing in, I don't know, drow ranger or, um, uh oh, what's his name uh yeah <laughs> axe yeah. and then see oh okay well that person's already got a level two axe so my chances of this yeah. shaking out in my favor aren't great so i'm going to double down on i don't know goblins or mech or you know that right. uh, that yeah. kind of thinking Um and that has mean that has meaned that has meant that I haven't finished lower than sixth, I think. Yeah. In any of the in any of Underlords or um or teamfight tactics with Auto Chess itself, I can still come dead last, and that's interesting to me because it tells me that there is something there yeah. that isn't as balanced, or isn't as polished, or isn't as because you know, uh, team fight tactics particularly has methods of catching you up a bit. Yeah. Um Whereas Auto Chess, if you fall behind, you just fall behind, and yeah. you get further and further behind. And that's just how that goes, right? Well,
0: let's let's talk about team fight tactics because, like I say, the previous times we talked about this on the pod, it's been all underlords all day. Okay. So, team fight. Um,
1: team fight tactics is the League of Legends auto battler, essentially, yeah. and you find it in the regular League client. So, uh, it has its own little tab, and yeah. it's in beta. So they're sort of pushing you to play it with little incentives and, you know, unlockable avatars and all that kerfuffle.
0: Yeah, I actually really like it. Like this is, um, and I'm gonna. Here's a hot take for you. I think this is really weird, but I think it's true. I think. um, So here's the thing. I think Teamfight Tactics might be the Dota 2 of auto battlers, and I think (laughs) Underlords might be the League of Legends of auto battlers. Like I think they've swapped places. Like um, Teamfight Tactics, I think is the more mechanically complex of the two. There's more going on. And I think it's also more unforgiving in terms of how much knowledge it's asking you to pick up quickly. They both do this. Mm, um, that's interesting. To give you some specific examples. So in, uh in team fight tactics, there's some of the things like it's on a, it's on a hex board rather than a, a, a square grid, but that's, you know, that's by the by somewhat Um the, the, the big, I think, well, I think one thing is they, uh, team fight tactics does slightly int- more interesting things with, um its allegiances like they're slightly more varied and um and in terms of how that interacts with what powers are possible in the game um and the big aspect and this is really weird because this maps onto Dota League the opposite way around is team fight tactics is item system is more complicated so where league simplified moba items and made them much easier to pass and dota goes mental with that stuff uh team fight tactics has a system whereby so in Underlords you have items at certain tiers and as you as the game progresses you get access to higher tiers of items from fighting neutrals basically
1: mm.
0: any given character can only hold one item and then when you get something better you swap it out maybe give it to someone else etc in team fight tactics uh, all items pretty much all items are almost always received at their kind of basic level and then every kind all the different items combine together to create the next item heroes can uh, champion sorry can have more than one item, um, and there's loads of complexity there. Like, although term- it's
1: interesting because you can look at the item and get a broad sense of what it will do when upgraded. So what you what you do is you can just combine two items, and essentially, if you were to arrange them in a grid formation, so you know with one of each along the top, and yeah. one of each down the side, then each of those squares where they meet combines into a different thing and i i find it very intuitive because if you look at for example oh this item will give me a basic you know boost to hp for example right and then oh i've got something that does uh you know that 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 adds some mana. So I guess if I, you know, if I want to combine those two, I have a sense of what it will do. It, it both simplifies. It's, it's more complex than what Dota does in terms of they're actually being combining to do, but it, it's not illegible. It's, it's not, intuitive. It's, I find. I, I, so I actually it didn't know
0: there. it worked that way at all. Okay. I had not picked up on that. I, the only, the only way I saw to know what something did was to hover the new item over the existing item when a character's already holding it i literally had no idea that's what that secondary board did
1: what what do you mean what secondary board so
0: the the item board on the left where the items sit there's like the the diamond oh, that, grid no
1: no i didn't i didn't oh. mean that i i mean if you were to i was trying to oh like i see sorry yeah I, th- I thought yeah no sorry yeah people listening might find easier to conceptualize like
0: it, it shows i think the thing is it shows you that stuff at the point where you were about to make that decision but in terms yeah, of learning those recipes i've had to i've had to kind of learn through doing like it's not easy to like pull up a big list of what all the items are and where they possibly go or anything no, like No that's
1: that. true and i think that that can be uh, very difficult but i think that it was less complicated than i thought it would be especially because autochess's version of this is just to use the recipes as they are in dota yeah. so you are totally at the mercy of of drops combining into things otherwise you just end up with a load of useless you know rings of health yeah that right just sit on the person and don't really help you out while someone else has a mask of madness or a you know some kind of like daedalus or yeah know, mithril hammers out the wazoo
0: but i really wouldn't underestimate how complicated team fight this item system actually can get because mm-hmm. there's there's items like the spatula and what yeah. the spatula does is it combines it, it doesn't do anything by itself, but if you combine it with a different item, it creates a new item that basically applies a different, a particular allegiance to whichever character is carrying it, which is tremendously powerful and, and the screws. The
1: spatula flips them. It
0: does, yeah. <laughs> and it, um, and it, and it, it changes the dynamic of an allegiance sort of set collection game entirely because, so like, to give you the equivalent, Underlords has a version of this, which is there is a specific passive you can pick up instead of an item, which changes, which means all humans count as heartless. Mm, yeah. And that's just a one-to-one thing. That's basically one of the only instances of allegiance flipping in that game. And so it becomes, it's, it's like it funnels into one strat, which is humans into heartless, which is silencing yeah. into armor, armor reduction. This can create a situation where maybe you need one more sorcerer But you you have the option to create a sorcerer, but what other set of tags do you want that sorcerer to have? So it's like, it's just this, you know, exploding web of the possibility space, which is what reminds me of, ironically, Dota versus League. It's so
1: weird (laughs) because I find it easier because it's more flexible. You know, I'm not trying to keep track of all these absolute hard and fast rules because I can change some of them.
0: Right. But that's, that's for me is, this is what I find fascinating. That for me is why I prefer Dota to League traditionally, yeah. because League is a game of playbooks. It's a game of the jungler does this at this time, they go here, they do that. And uh, I find that hard to remember or to pick up initially. And they
1: didn't really help themselves out with runes either.
0: Right. Whereas <laughs> Dota is a game of like, nothing's wrong. You know, there are, there are orthodoxies at any given time, but almost anything can work. Mm. And team fight Tactics feels like that. Yeah. Whereas you can probably make this work. Um like
1: Oh, just uh, in yeah. case you were interested, I think the spatula is a reference to the earth stuff, like the ultra rapid fire stuff. There's right. like a, a oh, I've forgotten which sea creature it is, but holding a spatula, like is the, a golden spatula is the the mascot for
0: that. <laughs> so, but I don't remember, um, I give you a really good example of what I think this means in terms of how it manifests in complexity. Like last night, uh, we played a game as in sort of like couch co-op style mm-hmm. and, it was a really weird scenario where I appeared to have turned it round and like won from quite a bad deficit. Uh, I had been, it was me versus the last remaining player and I was beating them consistently and I'd gotten them down from most of their health to nothing left. They had GG'd, I replied and then out of absolutely nowhere, I lost the last one just <laughs> by having one handily. And then I lost and I came yeah. second. And I was thinking about it afterwards. And I think I now know why that happened. And it was because out of my entire lineup, I only had one character who wasn't upgraded and it was mm. misfortune. And, um, she had an item that when she dies, heals everyone else for a thousand, which is a lot. And I fished for, I I did the sort of like, I was doing the card counting thing and mm. I did that part of the game. Right. And I was like, I think, if, I think it, there is another one and I can get her upgraded for the final round just to secure that win. Cause obviously upgrading is good. And so I fished for it, got that upgrade, upgraded her and then lost the final round. And I think it's cause she didn't die. Yeah. And I, I genuinely, cause it was close and, but I think, it you know, I, for whatever reason I had failed to see that, that the healing spike provided when she dies was the thing that was actually getting me through those games. And by, by, I literally overplayed my hand. And that's uh really interesting to me because of that, because, um, underlords tends not to create situations like that, where actually the thing that was helping you out here was the fact that you had one weak character. Like, yeah, that's a very, um, that again, very Dota thing where mm-hmm. it's like, actually this thing that is on paper, a complete deficit is actually the thing when you knew the game is, uh, you know, Like, um, I give to, to play the example in the other direction. It's why I will always argue that Dota 2 shouldn't have a surrender button, but I argue that league is -hmm. right to have one because Dota 2 is the game where you can have crazy turnarounds from the most absurd deficits where deficits can even turn into advantages. League isn't really like gold advantage can be a bit of an absolute in league. And so like, you know, fair enough, but it's kind of wild to me that they've almost swapped places. From an uh, yeah, auto battler point of
1: interesting. view, interesting. I disagree about the surrender button just because I think that if people aren't having fun or if someone's not willing to do it anyway, they'll just AFK so they don't get the abandon, and you right, know, yeah, like, you'll just be stuck in a miserable game.
0: It's an old debate, but I, I it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, but but for for my purposes, particularly in esports, I know why they don't have it. Right, oh, yeah, like yeah, because yeah, um, anyway, but yeah, no, I find like tactics interesting. We should talk about because I mentioned it, um. Uh, We should try and explain the weird being picked last for sports day um, carousel teamfight tactics system. So
1: that's the thing that I mentioned when I was talking about the catch-up mechanic. Yeah. Um, So every so often in the game, you all get teleported to the middle of the nine islands in a three by three arrangement that auto chesses tend to go with for their presentation um and in that there is a swirling vortex and around the edge of that are some merry champions just running in a big old circle uh yep. with and they often come with an item mm. uh equipped already so and what you the reason that this is interesting or useful if especially if you're behind in the game is that uh, you're all in these little prisons uh, of light and you can only leave your little prison to pick up a um a champion in reverse order so the people who are, who are last have the possibility of picking up a, a powerful character or something they need to complete a set and upgrade mm. their champion um pool or you know pick up a different um you know like the last uh imperial thing they need or the last whatever and so that is an interesting catch up because yeah but it also means that you have to be quite careful where you're walking because if you walk too close to a different character or try and cut across the circle through through a different character it'll just pick up the first one you touch yeah
0: i hate that
1: Oh really I really
0: hate that yeah <laughs> like so this is and this is like a uh, man is interesting the parallel so we should say actually if you've only played underlords one of the ways underlords simplified the formula is you yourself are not a character you're a cursor um whereas in uh teamfight tactics as in auto chess in auto chess this was an engine requirement um uh, in uh in, in and attack.
1: also you're because you are the courier aren't you in yeah. in auto chess so it also performs the the picking up items and delivering them to heroes
0: yeah right facility um in yeah in in team up tactics you are a little creature and that's one of the cosmetics things so you're either you, you default to a little blue blob creature or you're a, a little grif- sprite, a, a sprite or a griffin or a little mole man
1: so those are the ones that you get once you've unlocked the first right. you know egg on the beta like
0: line and (laughs) and you run around like a elite character would right clicking to move rts style Mm -hmm. and when yeah when it's your turn to leave your little cage and go grab a character you have to uh literally run and bump into them and race other people to get to them and things Mm -hmm. and the um the this is mad to me (laughs) like it, it, it introduces this uh it's the only instance of uh suddenly uh like execution ability technical ability and like i can say the the kind of art reason why i think it's bad which is that like it's like a random part of the game that has that introduces access- accessibility considerations that none of the rest of it has like it's like you know it's a bit like if if this if we go back to our board game analogy if this was the board game this would be a bit like if there was you know that some board games have like a physical element like a grabbing or everyone kind of grabbed from yeah, the middle yeah. kind of moment like it would be introducing that and then suddenly having to house rule it if people aren't comfortable with that or aren't able or whatever to, yeah. to do that. It just adds that element of like physical chance, which That's is re- reasonable, um, which is, I just, it feels just weirdly out of step with the rest of the experience. The other side of it is I legit hate that you can accidentally bump into the wrong thing. And now you've got that instead. Um, because like um, I just, it just doesn't feel right to me like i see i encountered this because i misunderstood it in that i assumed if i clicked on the character i wanted um i would path to them
1: oh i see rather than just
0: run into the midst and just grab whatever you hit first yeah and that is just you know you learn but it sucks the other thing about it that is super weird is and they'll probably change this um there is no way in that context to mouse over the characters in the selection. I
1: think that will be something that they do change.
0: So it punishes you for not being able to recognize them at a glance. And similarly, the icons, the items are just very, very, very small little icons underneath their health bars. And so when you get comfortable, you can pass that, Thing, I probably want them and that item or that item or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: there have definitely been times where all of the characters that I've wanted have been taken before I got released from prison. And so I would just pick up the item that I wanted, sell the champion, and then have that item free to then combine with something or give it to someone else, which is. Actually, that's the other item big difference is that in Underlords, you can swap stuff around. Uh, and in uh, Teamfight Tactics, you have to sell the hero to get the item back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, the system itself, the notion of the system itself, I don't mind at all. I just, I I like the, it's just the execution seems super rough to me. Like, mm. um, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, it's...
1: It would be interesting if they did address the the accessibility side of things. If you know. Yeah.
0: Like, I think the mental challenge is really interesting. Like, when you're sat in prison and you have to kind of figure out, okay, which of these options are good for me? And what is my top priority, second priority, third priority based on things yeah, that get yeah. taken before you can get to them? That's all really interesting. Or, if, t- the,
1: or if the heroes run to the other half of the circle yeah, <laughs> before right. you get released.
0: Those are all interesting <laughs> mechanics. I think it's just the input side of it. Like, I would much rather be... I'd much rather be mousing over them to make my decision, mm. and then maybe still factoring in travel time for my little blob creature as it makes its way across the board, mm. but I think I would rather just be able to just right-click once on the thing I want and have it intelligently path, mm. rather than this sort of mad, like, weird, almost bullet hell kind of, like, trying to weave between characters I don't want to try and get to the one I do want before someone else makes it there.
1: yeah. Something that I have found with Underlords, because I was playing that on my phone mostly, actually, yeah, um, was that I found that to be a real pain for accidentally buying things I didn't mean to, because mm. I would go to uh, check because uh, on the right hand side it has the tabs where you can see, for example, the allegiances that you have, uh, or the um, the items, or the you know the other information for play and so i would go to to do that but if it had delayed when it was showing me the next batch of five heroes to pick from yeah it would then auto purchase the one you know that one on right. the side yeah. thinking that i'd clicked on it and i found that that happened a lot so it wasn't just oh i am not used to this system it was it has positioned things in a weird way that you can keep accidentally buying stuff because you will be checking that information once your battle has finished because you'll be thinking about the shopping phase. And therefore, it would just be really helpful even if they just moved the that card slightly to the left so that yeah. you're clicking in that space. You're not going to accidentally spend money that you didn't mean to or, you know... I do feel like they've things. got
0: some work to do on the mobile interface. It's fine for... Yeah. Full yeah. screen, but yeah, totally.
1: Mm. Um, yeah. Are you, so I have my little list. Yeah, let's do of- the list.
0: We were going to, if this is helpful to people, we were going to, uh, rank them, I guess, or try and figure out where they fit in certain. Yes. Introduce this pip, explain. So
1: I've got, I have auto battler criteria, and I thought that we could use it to say which stuff excels what. At, at what so um we'll rank the three auto battlers based on each of the different categories so if you have a particular i don't know a thing that you know is important to you then maybe you'll have a sense of what uh what you would like yeah. to try based on this or which of them is for you i will say though that if you play dota play underlords and if you play league play team fight tactics simply because you can then gravitate towards the other one if you want but i i feel like the the knowledge of the heroes or the champions and the the items and and that sense of oh this is a yordle i know what they look like and i you know i know who tristana is Mm. i know how she plays therefore i will be able to position her just a bit better from the get-go
0: i think yeah i could build on that i think if you already play one of these games, learn the genre, learn or learn the auto battler genre on the one that is more immediately familiar. That's to you. That's what I meant, and yeah. then you can
1: like branch out. Graduate, from yeah. Them, but this will help you not have to also then learn who Axe is or learn yeah. who you know.
0: Right, but I think the interesting thing is because even though there are there are differences between them, they have a, a lot of the allegiances themselves have really close analogs in the different games. Mm. So once you've learned one of them, you some of that knowledge then actually does carry over to the other one. So yeah, mm-hmm. should we go through the categories?
1: Yes. So, I thought I would go for names first. Names. So, uh, yes. So let's start with Dota Auto Chess, which, as we have discovered, is three lies, one (laughs) after another.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So,
1: (laughs) I mean, well, actually, so,
0: well, I will, I will defend the word auto. I think relative to a lot of games, it is more auto than not.
1: Well, it auto resolves all of the things that you manually have done.
0: Right, but most (laughs) games don't do that, so...
1: I don't know. If you shoot someone, the game works out if you hit them or not.
0: Right, but you have to fire the gun. Okay. (laughs) Um, So... You have
1: to put the person holding the gun on the board in the right place. I don't know, I think I
0: want to defend auto-chess here, because the Dota part of it, yeah, fair enough. But... And also the fact that they they use chess in the sense that the individual characters are chesses, that's nonsense. But...
1: I... I will say I'm just being playful here because I absolutely love the name and I kind of love how uh, certainly when I first encountered it, there was a lot of just incomprehensible jargon and stuff that had clearly been translated mm. to English. And it was kind of like it was endearingly moddy. Yeah. And I loved that. And it was also just, it made no bones about being daft and being difficult. It was like, right. yes, and now your chess is. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, why? <laughs> um, And like the donkey is actually Wisp because it makes the Wisp yeah. noise. Yeah. And so it clearly is, or Io rather. Yeah, and it's a space it, donkey. Yeah. and And so it is secretly an elemental space spirit, but it's in a donkey costume. <laughs>
0: Yeah. But yeah, so, so that's such I, a
1: kind of good.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> I think um I'll probably come down reasonably high. I I I think Underlords I think it is the worst of the three names. Do you? I do. And I I, I think this because I think they have led with theme rather than what you do. <clears throat> right. And and also in, in 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 and also confused a lot of Dota nerds at the same time because well
1: because isn't Pit Lord not in there? Or well,
0: Under- Underlord, you mean Abyssal Underlord as he is known? In yeah, Dota but 2. is he not in there? No.
1: Yeah, exactly. So
0: the well, and also it sort of refactors his role because the theme of oh, we talked about last week, the theme of Underlords is fantasy crime, <laughs> right? Like your crime family is scrapping it out on the back the mean backs car parks of. Oh, I hadn't a fantasy twigged on that. Right. Cool. We talked about this last week that no one, no one picks up on what the theme <laughs> is, even though the splash art of the game is three fantasy, like kingpin King types.
1: A, in a, an alley, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, in suits in
0: an alley being like artful dodger types, right? It's right there. Right, people, okay. people just don't even notice. And so I so, wondered
1: if it was like crime bosses or potentially yeah, like is, some yeah. sort of Dickensian.
0: That's the thing is it's thing. like, it is Dickensian gang bosses <laughs> in, in fantasy town and that is a cool theme but the fact that they've led with the theme but the theme in the name and still managed to not communicate that that's what's happening
1: well they haven't communicated either the setting slash plot but you know in quote marks yeah but they also haven't like communicated what you actually do it's like what it could be anything
0: at a stretch it makes you feel like you're probably some kind of manager (laughs) and you are
1: but that, wouldn't that be overlords?
0: Well, there's the fun inversion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, Right. Exactly. But
1: like, I mean, literally, it's just sort of saying you're not a manager. <laughs> it means less than automatic
0: chess and that is saying something.
1: And the thing, but t- so Teamfight Tactics at first blush seems like the most generic of the three by far, but it also is really descriptive. So yeah. I kind of, I think I would, so yeah, I would, I think I would like it more if they maybe found a way to make a pun on something from league's law you know right. like rune terror fight tactics or something like <laughs> god that almighty was, yeah, yeah this is why i have not been asked to uh, participate <laughs> yeah. uh, in that discussion i expect but um yeah so there's a lot of interesting uh, like th- there's the part of me that's like oh it's such a you know it's such a on the nose name but it i so i think i would go so first dota auto chess because i just love how stupid it is <laughs> and then team fight tactics and then last dota underlords
0: i would i would go team fight then auto chess then underlords as names go
1: okay cool so there's all of that information in yeah. case you were judging entirely based on the name which you
0: could have done by yourself but nonetheless we've done now, it for you anyway now. Uh,
1: so the next is originality auto chess auto chess obviously wins but i'm wondering if you had any opinions on if the other two bring you know whether they are just about polishing a thing that people have now been proven to like and find very moorish and use their their personal toy box yeah so i think
0: mechanical originality teamfight tactics Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but that said i think underlords does more to make it accessible um
1: oh, you wait till i get to the ui category right. <laughs> um
0: originality of theme underlords because they actually tried to go with something different rather than like like um teamfight tactics is very much like set, you know the map looks like mm. the league map things like that it's very much sort of like abstract league Right. Whereas with Dota Underlords, they could have done that, but just with Dota, but what they did was something weird that they haven't communicated very clearly. God, no. It's like, what it if Dota were brown? It does like
1: a card game, actually. It does.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say Underlords for originality.
1: Okay. Uh, but Dota Auto Chess, obviously. Yeah. Wins at it. The top they, of that, yeah. but with, with lots of non-polish. like <laughs> <Right. laughs> The opposite of polish. Yeah. Scuff. <laughs> um, graphics. Team
0: fight.
1: Yeah, I would say teamfight if especially if you like stuff that is quite bright and colourful and, and yeah. upbeat looking. It is it
0: is pleasant to look at, whereas I think Underlords is and again a, a, a poorly lit car park behind an inn.
1: I will say that sometimes the I find the upgrades confusing in um team fight tactics, like when yeah. a champion goes up to their two star version, sometimes they look different enough that i find it yeah. hard to instantly pass i would, I would pass.
0: argue that's more of a ui issue than a graphics issue that's true partly yeah, a visual no, design is issue fair. but yeah
1: that is fair um but yeah ultimately you've got like a nice little green play space that's kind of fun and with like bright colors love those <laughs> you yeah know? yeah agreed All the good things whereas yeah underlords is just really dark and like um auto chess is it it's dingy rather than dark yeah i would say yeah and also just a bit confusing points <laughs> but yeah so uh i would say team fight tactics and then auto chess and then underlords
0: i'd go tactics underlords auto chess but yeah
1: mm, i see uh audio Mm. auto chess is at the very bottom for me because yeah. there's just so much noise
0: i think probably underlords for me hmm. i think that it's got better shop jingle because it's taken from dota where the shop jingle is very good <laughs> um and genuinely i think the the spell effects are a bit more impactful i've always thought that league's sort of ability effect and things are a little bit weak feeling. okay I don't know how much of that is gameplay impact and how much of that is audio, but I'm going to say Underlords for audio.
1: I would say that they are much of a muchness, but auto chest. I didn't realise
0: much of a muchness was an option.
1: Well, okay, joint first.
0: Fine. Joint second. (laughs)
1: Um... I would say that auto chess is dreadful for Mm. noise because you can like hear stuff that's happening on boards nearby. You can hear, you know, the jingle of people spending money across the, you know, across the, the airwaves. You can, you know, there's that infernal horn that keeps going and going. And yeah, it's, there's a lot of noise. Um, the interface UI.
0: Underlords, clearly.
1: Mm. Except for the part where I, on the mobile version, I keep accidentally buying yeah, things. Yeah, right. And it's very small. I
0: can't yeah, read I text. think this is actually a huge one. Like, I think if, if someone was on the fence about how to get into the genre and they hadn't got any experience of previous either game, mm-hmm. I would actually advocate Underlords over teamfight tactics initially, because not only is it simpler. It has
1: a tutorial It as has well, a tutorial,
0: it? and it communicates so much more with the mouse over, mm. like the way it like illuminate the squares that that's characters fair. of a particular allegiance are on or like, yeah, like fair. almost everything you can click. Like so if you click the allegiance in whatever context you click allegiance, it activates all the things that are relevant to that. Whereas, yeah. um, uh, team fight tactics is really inconsistent with that. Like whether you have to right click on someone to see what they do or not, or whether it's a mouse over, mm. you know, how you find out what the allegiances do the, the whole mess with the ring around the rosy selection system like I feel like I feel like it's all stuff that could be resolved, but I think it's a lot rougher.
1: Yeah, it's a work in progress. I would say on that front. Yeah, uh, they have some changes. Weirdly, to it me- feels
0: more obviously like a game bolted onto a different game's engine. Mm. That's what it is. Mm, that's um, interesting. Yeah,
1: I think um, Auto Chess has to be last.
0: Oh yeah, hell yeah!
1: <laughs> <laughs> like dead last. Please but- make
0: the space donkey deliver the.
1: But also in a weirdly endearing way. Like, I'm not going to say that makes it better because it doesn't, but it's, it's something that I remember when I was learning, I was, uh, I, it brought a smile to my face at various points as I was like, oh, that's the weird arcane way that this thing has had to figure out how to work, you know? Like, like even just to go back to the thing about, oh, the donkey isn't actually a donkey, it's secretly a space ghost, or like, you know, (laughs) oh, the... Um the items that I have picked up and are now in my backpack, I have to deliver them or drag and drop them, or you know whatever yeah. else, but also, I can't always combine the champion uh, the heroes and stuff like I had three uh two star bat riders, but it wouldn't combine them because I'd bought the other one while it was in combat, so I had to remove and and then re put down two bat riders so that it would remember that the third one was in my bag (laughs) and i was (laughs) like oh my god um i will say though that uh i like that in teamfight tactics you can see easily who else the other person has on the bench
0: yes yes Mm. yes
1: yes so that's good because that means that you know You're not just thinking, okay, well, they've got these people out, but who do they secretly have in their pocket that I can or can't factor in when Mm. I'm, you know, re-rolling the the draft. Mm. So where would you?
0: I think think I've said. Oh, yeah, yeah. said Underlords. Underlords,
1: And then, yeah, team fight, And then Mm -hmm. (laughs) somewhere off behind a tree in the distance in the sea. I don't know. Yeah, did not finish is, yeah, I'm the same, I would say uh the accessibility It's
0: kind of these are these two are really closely related to me. I think it's on Lords again, but because yeah. of the UI and the tutorial.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I meant was I think that was where initially before I'd said at the start, you know, yeah. if you play League, play the League one because it will just make yeah. make the weird arcane bits of They make the rules battler. easier to learn. Yeah, yeah but not the yeah. Yeah, with so. that
0: with that caveat.
1: Yeah. Uh, and if you, yeah, so if you don't know either of them, uh, choose Underlords, but also you will probably still very much benefit from having, you know, a bit of YouTube time or... Right. Yeah. I think, I think if you would only play like
0: a little bit of one, if you only play a tiny amount of League, I might still say Underlords just because things like the tutorial is mm-hmm. such a big difference maker, but yeah. 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 It's
1: only, yeah, if you're mega familiar, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and then just overall, if you were recommending them.
0: Ooh. You go first this time.
1: I would say... So there are a couple of different things. One is if you think you would like it as a thing to play on long journeys or at the gym or something, Mm. have Underlords because it will be on your phone.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And you can, you know... I would say definitely plug it in while you're playing because it feels like it's a right battery hog. But, um, so that's, that's kind of a no brainer in that way. Cause I couldn't even download auto chess as a phone app. Like no. it, it just won't even let me. Yeah, um, They are
0: bringing it on out, but yeah. It's not no, no, yet.
1: as in there, was, there oh, yeah. was an option on the store and oh, it see. just wouldn't like, it wouldn't connect. It said downloading, but wasn't right. Um, so yeah. So for, if, if it occupies that kind of bit of your brain, hmm. that. Uh hmm. Hmm. I think overall I would say what's the Underlords thing like on PC in terms of like it's a standalone yeah. Steam thing. Closely Steam, yeah. The, like, so that's all very straightforward. I would say underlords because with League you have to download and deal with the League client, and you have to find the tab and the yeah. the, the play side of things. I think it it needs a bigger button. It needs a more obvious. I
0: think, like, yeah, I actually agree. I, I was going to say <laughs> underlords as well, and the reason for it is I think actually I think team fight tactics has loads of potential because it is the deeper game, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's there yet. I think it needs, I think it needs sharpening up and when it's sharper i think it has potential to be the best of them yeah um but actually i yeah i think it's underlords at the moment yeah it's interesting
1: underlords is a better onboarding process i would say and yeah. then you can like figure out the other stuff and if you fancy just sort of do a bit of weird auto chess tourism in the in the mod just being like oh wow okay <laughs> i'm glad i didn't learn it like this yeah right but also because those people, you know, they created this whole thing. Like, I, I do feel like, I feel like if you enjoy auto battlers, it's definitely worth pinging them a few quid, you know, with the, you know, yeah. if you can buy uh, the auto chess pass, can't you, in the Dota client
0: i think so yeah
1: and so i because i was thinking do you know what i might do that because i'm getting yeah. a lot of free enjoyment or you could, from this stuff you and, could
0: play and try their game when it when it's out and monetize yeah,
1: yeah. yeah so i think like because it's such a it it would never have come out of normal game development essentially yeah it's, right it's the sort of thing that only comes out of the mod community and is weird so i think yeah i want Even though I haven't recommended it much because it's janky and like messy and weird. Yeah. It's also, I think people deserve to be rewarded for the work that they do and creating something genuinely interesting, even if other companies go on to polish it and monetize it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. it's a good sentiment.
1: (laughs) So, yeah cool that's where we're at with that
0: <laughs> cool so um as this is a just the two of us pod um we can make it if we try and we have made it to the end of the pod we're not going to do questions this week just because with two of us often it, we don't have too many questions that are really specific enough or whatever and also
1: well can't we just pretend that they asked which auto battler they should play right yeah and thank you to everyone say you know ah we comprehensively answered that <laughs> right
0: yeah thank you to everyone who answered in all your questions about uh which specific audio butler audio battler, auto battler has the best sounds yeah cause you definitely answered that uh if
1: oh wait one more one more category which one did you have the most fun with
0: it's probably actually team fight tactics so far weirdly despite not thinking it was the best one just because it's been the most biggest surprise to kind of hmm. uh dive into Something completely different to what I normally play. I mean, it's not Dota. Mm. And, and, and also to have that, the thrill of realizing the league one is the Dota one and the Dota one is the league one.
1: And you could finally connect with me and my interests. Right. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and you'll never get it on your interactive recommender. No,
0: indeed. <laughs> um, if you would like to, uh, send us a question for next week where hopefully we'll, the whole gang will be here, uh, then you can do so by email us at questions at dot com. You can also tweet us at uh, Crate and Crowbar or uh, find our Discord channel link is on our website at crowbar.com YouTube youtube.com forward slash Crate and Crowbar and thank you as ever to our Patreon backers you can find out more about the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Crate and Crowbar that's it really isn't it
1: I think so Uh and questions at Crate and Crowbar if you want to say how you got on with the interactive recommender thing. oh
0: yeah link in the show notes to that if you don't know how to find it alright then Cheerio for listening, everybody. Cheerio for listening, everybody.